welcome to Driven for Purpose, a lifestyle podcast designed to bring you the tips, tools, and resources so that you can discover your purpose, reignite your passion, and fully step into your power. I'm your host, Amanda Bickham, holistic health and mindfulness coach, and I'll be guiding you every step of the way. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. live straight from India. So again, if you hear the dogs barking or the cows or the incessant honking, you'll know where we are. And um, I'm really excited actually. I'm sitting here in this nice, beautiful uh, guest house that kind of overlooks the Ganges and the base of the Himalayas. I'm sitting here with a really special person who I'm excited to interview today about truly this is someone who embodies his truth and he's overcome a lot on his journey and I feel really blessed to have met him actually we met three years ago in uh, Goa India South India we were sitting at lunch and I was homeless in that space and needing a place to stay and Jordan Jordan's ears perked up and uh, invited me to look at their place and we were amazing roommates or, or I guess neighbors yeah yeah ever <laughs> since and it's been beautiful because um, not only is his story incredibly empowering, and I'm really excited to do this episode, but we've kind of continued to follow each other and stay in touch. They've gone all around the world, him and his wife Maria. They've traveled around. They lived in the Amazon for a while, doing a lot of ceremonies with medicine work. And coincidentally or not, we both ended up in Rishikesh almost three years after we first met. And so I would like to introduce Jordan. Jordan, how are you doing today? I'm doing very nice. Yeah? How yes. You, how was your morning? It was great. Yeah? I started with a nice morning job with uh, some people <laughs> you might know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we started a little run club running this morning with Amanda and... Uh, Tom and Dan. Yeah, you may remember yeah. their names. Yeah. I remember their names. You do. Yeah, I know. It's been beautiful um, <clears throat> being here and being reconnected with you, Jordan. I've seen how far you've come, like from meeting you in the beginning um, and just to see your journey, your journey with your own self and your own personal growth and mm -hmm. really stepping into your power and owning your gifts and owning your truth and seeing you and Maria, your beautiful love story and, and how you guys have had a lot of triumphs. I feel like your life in general, there's been a lot of triumphs that you've had to overcome. Yeah, this is true, but it's very beautiful. It's super beautiful, yeah, and it's been amazing to watch. And mm -hmm. so I'll give a little bit of background for all of you guys listening. Um, as I said, we met at a cafe and we became neighbors and um, Jordan and Maria came to, I hosted an open mic and um, it was a, an elixir and an open mic night. And it was at this little like top, hilltop art studio cafe in Goa. And everybody was inspired to share their truth, to bring poems, to bring music. And Jordan's an amazing musician. And um, Jordan came up and we were about halfway through the night and people were sharing some amazing things. I mean, there was people were going up there shaking and 
um, just really sharing their heart. And the deeper we got into the night, the more people started coming up. And I remember this one guy, Hugh, came up to me, and he had a terrible fear of public speaking. Mm. It was actually right after you spoke, Jordan. And he said, Amanda, I am so inspired. I want to get up there and I want to say something, but I, I just don't know what to say. I don't feel like I have anything to say, but I'm just so inspired. Mm. And you, I remember, there was probably about 40 people in that in that little cafe. And I remember you got up on stage mm-hmm. and um, you shared that you were a little bit nervous. Yes. <laughs> and you had your guitar. I remember you asked me, you're like, can I, can I play some music? I'm like, yeah, dude, whatever feels inspired. And you, you sung this song. It was a beautiful song. And I remember you looked back at the back of the room and you said, I remember when I was about 17 years old, yeah. I, I wrote this song mm-hmm. and it was about this woman that I was going to marry. Mm-hmm. And this woman is sitting right back there. <laughs> and we just got married yesterday. And her ex-boyfriend was the one who married us. And like, if that wasn't like a shock enough, everybody's like, oh my God. And he belts out with this beautiful song. And everybody's just captivated at that moment. I remember the whole audience was just like really present, really dropped in. Mm-hmm. And then you became even more brave and you stepped even more into your truth. Mm-hmm. And you shared with the entire audience about your transition. Yeah. And if that didn't blow everybody's <laughs> mind of like, what? I never would have realized that yeah. you were previously a woman mm-hmm. and you shared about how you came here to India and you, your Guruji of, of yoga accepted you and embraced you in your transition. And I remember I even got really teary eyed in that moment because mm-hmm. I really truly do believe that this is, this is pivotal for our waking up and our growth. And so why don't you go ahead and start and just share a little bit about, you know, you and where you're at and where you come from and what you've been and specifically maybe even touching into owning your truth is realizing that you were born a woman and felt and how long did you deal with the feelings of knowing that there was a deeper truth inside you? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's, it's best to just uh, go, I might jump around a bit, I yeah. guess. Chronological order is kind of subjective. <laughs> you do you, babe. You do you. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> I guess I was always leaning more towards the masculine side even when I was younger you know you can call it a a tomboy if you will so I was always playing with the boys and wanting to get in on the fun and then when um, I grew up uh, first of all okay I'm just gonna keep dropping bombs now uh, sharing Uh, I lost my virginity when I was 13 Mm. and I kind of just I was with a man and I kind of just wanted to prove to myself in some strange way that I didn't like it. Mm. <laughs> so uh, after that, I was like, yeah, no, I totally want to be with females. Mm-hmm. I started dating my first girlfriend when I was like 16. Mm. And coincidentally, uh, this kind of comes full circle. I My first open mic that I played was to impress this girl. Because mm. she's like, oh, you want to come to this open mic? And I was kind of in the closet playing gu- guitar. And I was also in the closet with my, my sexuality. Mm. So um, I came out 
around 17, my older brother told my mom. <laughs> and uh, she asked me in an enclosed car on the way to, she was driving me to school. And she asked me, you know, um, your brother told me that you're, you're dating a girl right now. Is that true? And I was just, in that moment I said, you can either hide or you can just say yes. You can just tell the truth. Mm -hmm. And I chose to tell the truth. And um, that was pretty hard for my mom. Um, at that point, she was dealing like in and out with alcoholism back and forth. Mm -hmm. So after that, it was uh, she actually went um, on like off the wagon, you call it, right? Mm -hmm. And it ended up uh, her going to rehab again. So at that point, I was just like, it made me feel, I held on to a lot of guilt about that for a long time. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, I finished high school and I never felt, I was um, very artistically inclined pretty much my whole life. Um, and I never felt that uh, college was a thing for me. So I didn't go to college. Um, Instead, I, I don't know, I can just be completely honest. Please, we love it. Transparency and authenticity, that's what this is all about. So, yeah. So, uh, I moved uh, out when I was 17, um, the first time I moved out, and I started selling pot <laughs> to, um, to kind of support my lifestyle, you know, moving out 17 on Long Island, which is very expensive. Um, so I moved out with my friend and I, I sold pot and I was started working in the restaurant industry, mm -hmm. service industry. Um, so at that point I was just going through being 17 and then, you know, growing up more, being on my own for the first time. And also I think my first relationship ended, uh, maybe two or three years into being on my own. And actually, my friend, who was my first long-term relationship, actually wound up transitioning as well. Oh, wow. Which is very... They transitioned... From... It was a, a woman, and now um, they transitioned to a man. Okay. And was this before you or in the same... Before me. Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, so this was like years and years after we broke up. Gotcha. Um, but then I, I dated a couple other girls, and then I was single for a pretty long time, and, you know, uh, just working and back then I was kind of into partying, like, you know, moving into the 20s and uh, early 20s. So I, I did my fair share of like binge drinking and just partying and I was never um, an alcoholic, but I definitely had substance, uh, not substance abuse, I guess you can call that. I abused the marijuana, the spirit of the marijuana plant. For sure. Yeah, been there. You know, <laughs> I was like Snoop Dogging it up every day. Yeah. You know, functioning pothead. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of times it has to do with just like a way to cope and a way to deal with um, probably a lot of the things that you were yeah, suppressing. Yeah, a lot of the things that I was suppressing. Um, and <clears throat> yeah, so I always was very anatomically. Um, the human body, the way it works, it was always kind of something that turned me on. So, um, in 2012, no, 2011, I went to medical assisting school. 
And I also went just because I had this thing called vasal vagal syncope. I don't know if you know what that is. It's basically you pass out when you get too overwhelmed or when you see blood. Oh, okay. The vagus nerve just, your blood pressure drops and then you, you, you pass out. In my case, if somebody was talking about blood or talking about being hurt, I would pass out. Wow. This is how much of an empath I was. I didn't know what it was then. Yeah. So I would kind of tune into their pain and it would make me panic and then I would pass out. So I went to medical assisting school to get over my fear of blood and my fear of, <laughs> you know, working with people under, you know, stressful situations. So, uh, and it actually wound up being my favorite part about the medical assisting school was working with phlebotomy, which is... Uh, yeah, blood drawing. Drawing yeah. blood. Yeah. <laughs> so I got over that. And then uh, after I didn't wind up using the um, degree, if you will, for that, I just kept bartending. And uh, in 2012, this is when my life kind of, uh, all these major life events <clears throat> happened for me that's kind of shaped who I am now. In 2012, in, in May, my father passed away. And I was actually in the room when he passed away. I watched his soul leave his body. I saw, you know, I saw him see the light and then his soul leave his body. And then 52 days later, my brother passed away. Oh. And my brother was like, oh, he was like my best friend in the whole entire world. Mm. And he was so beautiful. And uh, after that, I was just... Because my brother passed away and my father passed away before that, I mean, my parents were divorced, but um, I kind of stepped into the role of the leader of the family. Mm. I took care of the obituary. I took care of the funeral, um, everything, what he was wearing, every single detail I took care of because my mom was just out. She was out of it, you know. And um, also another thing about my mom, which is kind of inspiring, she did get clean when I was about 18, and she's been sober. She was sober throughout the whole losing my brother period. Wow. So she's been sober ever since, which is really, really cool. Amazing. Um, so uh, after my brother passed away, I was just like, I need, I need love. I was looking, you know, sometimes they say you, you make... Uh, big mistakes kind of like you make rash movements after you lose somebody. I think there's like someone they something they say in quotation marks, you know yeah. so at that point um, I Started uh, hooking up with one of my friends from I think we were friends for like seven years and Everything moved quite fast and I was just in need of something external to fill this grief in this void that I had within within myself um, and we got married excuse me in 2012 2013 of June so it wasn't even a full year had passed since my brother had passed away and it was like a flip a, a switch was flipped as soon as we got married it was just the romance was gone um, she was my partner at the time was quite jealous um, I'm a very open person, as you know me. I'm a very affectionate person. I have so much love to give to people. And for some people who are not in that space might think 
that is being unfaithful. Yeah, jealousy we'll say. comes in and security yeah. brings up all yeah. kinds of And then when the jealousy mm-hmm. comes in, like the mind has a way of making things so in the physical world, mm-hmm. you know. And I was friends, I became friends with one of my brother's best friends. Um, her name is Mackenzie and we were talking almost every single day. It was just part of my healing process. Yeah. And my wife at the time didn't want that relationship because whatever was lacking in our relationship because she felt threatened by it so um, I can see how this formed and I also played my own part in in that forming but uh, for me it was just uh, we we stayed together for two years and then we'll backtrack so my first girlfriend my first long-term girlfriend did transition throughout this time period we'll say, um, before my, my brother and my father passed away. And it was like, when he did that, something went off in my brain like, oh, I knew about that, but I never really thought about it. Mm-hmm. And when he told me, I was on YouTube watching videos, and I thought at the time, like, I was just being a good friend and researching because I wanted to... You know, I wanted to support and I wanted to know the proper terminology and I want to know like what's going on. I'm I'm just a person who is naturally always, if I hear something, I'll look up what the knowledge is about this topic. So that was seed was planted when they came out. And actually right before my brother passed away, he asked me like two or three times. He says, are you sure you don't want to do what your friend did? He won't say anything names just for anonymity um are you sure that you don't want to you know transition and i'm like no no way i like being a woman with a woman and i was just like i knew when i was saying it that it was a lie and he knew that it was a lie and he was just the type of person who you know your siblings kind of almost know you better than you know yourself sometimes you know and um so in the middle of our marriage, to uh, one year in, I was just so depressed, I was so unhappy, and actually I thought about, after my dad passed away, even before we got married, I told my partner, like, hey, this is something that I've been thinking of, so you might, before we get married, this is probably going to happen yeah. in our lifetime, if we're going to spend the rest of our lives together. So I kind of, I wanted to tell my mom, I wanted to come out, if you will, after my dad died and then my brother died. So I was just like, okay, let me just stuff this truth down. Let me keep swallowing, keep swallowing. I have to step into this role. All these things were happening and it was just like, oh, this isn't the right time. My mom just lost a child, making up all these stories in my head like that I can't be the person that I want to be because it's not convenient or at the right time for other people. Mm-hmm. And then I was so unhappy in my marriage that I was just like, at that point, it was like I was just up to here, up to, up to here with just emotions, up to my neck with emotions, and I was drowning. And for me to come out, that was my saving grace. That was the most selfish, loving act that I could have done for myself. Mm-hmm. So I started seeing a counselor for, uh, they make you see a counselor, the process for like three months. And then um, before then I had already started going to the gym and being more masculine. I was wearing a binder, 
which is something that trans men wear to bind their chest, which is kind of really harsh, especially if you have a larger chest. And um, I had a very large chest. So it was like I was just suffocating myself um, while I was, you know, transitioning. And um, before I got my top surgery, I was very fortunate enough to have my top surgery. But um, yeah, and I started hormones. So I came out in, we'll say, 2013. Um, June of 2013, I took my first uh, testosterone shot. And then, I'm sorry, 2014, June of 2014. It's hard to keep these dates. <laughs> so June of 2014, I took my first testosterone shot and I did not tell my mom for two months. I was just, I'm gonna tell her today, I'm not gonna tell her today. I'm gonna tell her, no, I'll tell her next time. No, we didn't have enough time, you know. Yeah. And then the, the male secondary sex characteristics started, you know, to, to show. Yeah, yeah. I started, my voice started dropping. I started <laughs> to grow hair. Yeah. You know, my, my muscles were growing yeah. and I had to tell her at that yeah. point. I'm like, it's two months, you have to tell her. It's your mother, she knows what's going on. So um, this was one of the most uh, scary conversations that I've ever had in my life. But then I was also so surprised because I, I sat my mom down outside on the porch and I told her that I had something to tell her. And then I told her, you know, since I was young, I never could put my finger on I felt different. You know, I thought that I just identified as a lesbian. But a lot of the times in the mind, you, um, you match your sexuality with gender because that's what we're taught yeah that's yeah. what we're taught yeah so i just thought that i was a lesbian and i was okay with it and i was like it's actually something more and i have already i told her at that point i came out and I, like i said i started taking testosterone i identify more as a man and i would prefer to live my life this way and it still just kind of chokes me up talking about it. She's just like, Jordan, you are my child. No matter what you do, I will always love you. And mm. she just like gave me a hug and embraced me. And I was just like, I just tortured myself for two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Had this conversation, this beautiful conversation with my mother. Mm. Um, and, you know, uh, I'm a musician as well. <clears throat> so I was kind of quite known quite well in the little local circuit. I live, I'm from Long Island, New York. And um, so I've played out a bunch of places on Long Island and in the city. Uh, I was a traveling musician uh, gigging, you know, in the city and uh, on the island for, from the time I was, uh, actually from my first open mic until, you know, now, on and off. So I had a community watching me transition as well and I had a very public job in one of the town's uh, favorite watering holes, one of the town's favorite bars. So I transitioned at the same job and I was behind the bar bartending and changing and the regulars would come and see me and ask me questions and it was interesting because I found that people wanted to ask me questions and I'm the type of person who is kind of open enough so where people feel comfortable to either tell me things about themselves that they might not normally share with others and or ask me questions about like that they're curious yeah. you know and I can kind of see through the um, 
my comfortability with the situation and see that there's a greater potential behind my own uncomfortability. Mm. And that is that I can grow, I learn patience, and that I can potentially educate someone on the topic of transgender. Yeah, and even more than that, like really being an example or an embodiment of owning your truth and Mm. realizing that we live in this world where we're taught you need to have a role model and and look like X, Y, or Z or do Mm. X, Y, or Z. And I feel like so many people, transgender or not, are living out these roles that they don't really feel fit them. Exactly. You know, I mean, thinking even about what's going on with many of the people in our generation who we're told that you need to go to college and you need to get a good, a good degree and you need to get a good job and you're going to be happy if you do those things. Mm-hmm. Well, I know a lot of people who are doing those things and making the money and are absolutely miserable. Mm-hmm. So by owning your truth and by being so comfortable with something that's so kind of quote extreme, right? Yeah. Because, you know, switching a job or leaving your careers or traveling around the world or whatever, like that's more and more common. But mm-hmm. Be coming out and being fully 100% open and authentic about your truth, like yeah. that's huge for a mm. lot of people who I think oftentimes stuff their feelings and their emotions inside. Exactly. And um, I, <clears throat> I've i always been a spiritual person. Like I grew up born again Christian. Um, and then I stopped going to church and I kind of lost my faith in that community uh, after, you know, the preacher was sleeping around with all XYZ women and all these hypocritical things going on in that setting and also talking about hateful towards the gay community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, um, one of my first teachers um, was a Native American tradition, Lakota tradition, so I do sweat lodges um, from the time I was 21 I started. Uh, and different types of spirituality always kind of pulled at me and grabbed at me and I would always just try different things. Um, I actually did my first teacher training when I was 21, uh, yoga, but at that point I was just not ready. I was still partying, so I only did 100 hours, I didn't finish. Mm. But um, yeah, so I saw the, the, the spiritual aspect of my transition was kind of weaving its way in and out because transitioning, is seen outward as such a physical thing. Mm. And because I was informed through YouTube, a lot of guys, they YouTube their journey, they take pictures and it's all, I'm finding it's it's all about the physical. You know, you take testosterone if you're gonna transition. You bind if you're, if you're trans. You don't, you wanna look as much as a cis man as you possibly can. And I fell for that trap when I, transitioned and I was like I'm gonna go to the gym all the time I'm gonna work out I'm gonna be a man a woman hating man you know like (laughs) that's not 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 actually but you know that mentality so I found that I was still unhappy when I did that one year into my transition I mean I I was also because I was binding and it was so uncomfortable, I saved, I worked four jobs and saved $10,000 in six months to get my top surgery. Mm -hmm. Because I made the decision, I said, I want this, I know I want this, I've wanted it for a long time. 
And now it's only making sense that, you know, every time I would get out of the shower, I'd stand in front of the mirror and I would cover myself, cover my chest and look at myself. And I never, you know, it's like all these things like, oh, wow, I can really see myself. I'm really aware of this thing that's always been there. And so, um, you know, I fell into the trap of, I mean, I don't regret at all taking top surgery because it's given me so much freedom. Like literally a weight has been taken yeah. off of my chest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I fell into the trap of, you know, just the physical, the physical, the physical. Yeah. And then um, after two years of this marriage, I got divorced. I got divorced and that was the icing on my cake. Losing my dad, my brother, getting married, transitioning, and being divorced in the span of three years was like, whew. I was just like, I need a break. I need for nothing to happen. I need to just chill. And that's when I really, uh, I fell in love with yoga again. I fell in love with myself again. I started being my own best friend. Um, I started doing things that interested me more rather than these social obligations that I felt that I had to fulfill. Um, I started going to, you know, just fire ceremonies and more sweat lodges and more drum circles and more <clears throat> like earthy spiritual things that I, I really, really resonate with. And, uh, so we got divorced and then, uh, yeah, it, it basically forced me to learn how to love myself and be my own best friend. Mm -hmm. And then I made the decision, I've always wanted to go back and revisit this, you know, yoga. Yeah. yeah, this, I wanted to kind of close the loop of, I started teacher training when I was 21, I wasn't ready, and now I'm ready. Yeah. So I said, I want to go to the birthplace of yoga, I want to go to India. So then um, I was actually, I found the school online randomly in quotations and I was actually messaging my teacher back and forth like I'm a transgender man is it okay for me to come there like will you accept me because I I don't want to enter a space that I'm not accepted I was just like I'm not gonna put myself through that and he said yeah everything's fine you know I'll work with you and um so I came and I went uh to the school and the month totally transformed me. I didn't realize that after my surgery, I was kind of hunched forward and I was protecting myself and I didn't have the full capability to breathe and just open my chest and be who I wanted to be and who open I your was. Heart. Open yeah. my heart, you know? You've just been gone through so much. Yeah. yeah, and he helped me literally open, pry open my chest. I did uh, 200 hours and I did 300 hours right after that, my 300 hours focus was to work with anybody who had uh, a bilateral double mastectomy is the, the medical terminology for it, but it's just top surgery um, for transgender um, people. Or uh, um, anybody who's had breast cancer and had their breasts removed or open heart surgery. So my focus was basically like opening up the chest, opening up the heart. Yeah. Um, and he worked with me and I came at him like, okay, how does this sequence look for you? And he would say, no, you should do it this way. And he said, well, what if somebody can't lift their arms above their head? Yeah. Well, what if somebody can't get out of bed? Yeah. Well, what if, you know, all these things that I experienced? And I've just been basically using myself as a guinea pig. I'm realizing more and more for um, 
the transgender community will say specifically, but also just the world community to share my knowledge. Um, being a woman, treated as a woman for 26 years and having doors open for me and then changing genders and then I'm the one who's opening doors, you know, I'm just using that as a metaphor for the social transition was even more than the physical transition. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And just dealing with that. And then I realized, okay, there's physical, there's social, and then there's also spiritual. Yeah. And I have finally come to the spot within myself now that it's okay to express my femininity. I don't want to suppress it because when I suppress it, then I physically, my hip will start to hurt. Yeah. Or I'll physically start to get pain and... Now it's like I am fully embracing both genders in balance. And when I need to pull, be more masculine, then I'll be more masculine in that moment. If I need to be more feminine, then I'll be more feminine in that moment. And I also, which you know, I stopped taking testosterone a year and a half ago. Yeah. And something in me was just like, why are you sticking yourself with a needle every week? You're yeah. a vegan, you're yeah. a yogi, you're... you're <laughs> You're <laughs> praying every day. Yeah. Like, why are you why are you harming yourself? It was yeah. thinking it was really it started to be traumatic to do that. Yeah. And after I did that, my psychic eye opened up. My my gifts just like flooded in full force. So that's something um, you know where I would love to kind of take this conversation is because mm-hmm. I feel like this is powerful, of course, for the people who are maybe. In, in the trans community, but I really feel that there's so much more here. Yeah. That there's so much more here for all people, and this has been something that I've even struggled with. Um, I'm, you know, a cis woman, um, and I love men, <laughs> but I also feel that, um, and, and working with men, I see this a lot with the men that I work with, of this repression of the feminine, mm-hmm. or even as a, as a female, like repressing my masculine tendencies of drive and get it done, and like I can do this because I don't want to feel that I'm like less of a woman or less feminine, right? And I think that a lot of what the transgender community is bringing forth, I feel like it's truly a movement. And it's not even necessarily a movement of, hey, I was born into this body, I feel more connected to this body, but like, Mm -hmm. hey, I realize that there are two aspects of myself and that I identify with both of them. But sometimes if you're trans, for instance, I identify with one more and I'm going to honor that and own that Mm -hmm. but for those of us who are you know cisgendered I feel like there's been a huge repression Mm -hmm. of accepting both qualities of self which are the masculine and feminine because of the stories that we've been told right the stories that we've been told especially men like grow up toughen up you know Mm -hmm. don't be such a pussy don't be a girl yeah don't be a bitch yeah are you what are you gay yeah (laughs) like how incredibly painful is that that we can't allow ourselves to express and to embrace and to accept all aspects of ourselves Mm -hmm. our emotions as well as our strength Mm -hmm. because we're taught again that you need to fit this role and that if you don't that, that that what it is to be a man is x y and z and you're less of a man if you don't do x y and z yeah. or what it, and vice versa with women and i think that a really big and you mentioned you know your psychic and your third eye and i feel like there are so many there's this movement that's happening because consciousness is waking up and we're starting to realize that we've mm. lived an old story 
And the old story is about who you need to be and how you need to be and what it needs to look like. But as we're starting to wake up, we're starting to realize that we're far beyond what we think we ever were. And, and we're far beyond, far more capable of, of things that our parents didn't know and their parents didn't know. Exactly. And we're starting to wake up to this reality that the only way that we can embrace our fullest potential is by number one, acknowledging that there are two sides of ourselves, no matter where you're at on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And embracing both of those aspects and also realizing that neither one makes you is is any less than the other right Mm -hmm. the feminine holds so much power and the ability to create and the ability to to tap in and to tune in to your intuition whereas the masculine holds the power and being able to ground and hold the structure and i feel like with so many people in general they're lacking this ability to how can i be a manly masculine man and still be in touch with my emotions mm. or how can mm. i be um you know a divine feminine goddess and yet still take drive and take action without feeling like i'm a boss or i'm bossy or i'm a bitch or whatever mm-hmm. and i think that a big part of this kind of trans community is helping everyone wake up to realizing yeah. that there are so many aspects of ourselves that we've de- denied mm-hmm. there are so many aspects of ourselves and you don't have to change genders in order to tap into this aspect of yourself that maybe all of us have been denying in some way shape or form absolutely and I feel that so many I feel like there's this movement I did a Facebook live this was several months ago um, with a woman whose son was transitioning and it's like she, she was also very psychic and it's like I really feel that you're taking a stand for owning your truth mm-hmm. in a way that is helping others. Nobody has to, doesn't mean that you have to think, oh, maybe now I need a transition too. No. No, yeah. But it's like. You just need to be you. You be, follow your heart, and then these uh, so many things open up after that. So many things open up, like even in your own journey, you know, like embodying your truth. Like, and for those of you who don't know, who are listening to the podcast, like India is still pretty old school. Oh, yes. So to be able to be, to, to reach out and to say, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, transitioning, I've transitioned and, and this is where I'm at. Can you accept me? And then not only for your Guruji to be able to accept you and work with you and embrace you, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Not only is that huge for you and your own personal growth, but it's huge for this also old school mentality and this yes. old school ideology of things need to be a certain way, mm-hmm. which is what I feel like we're evolving out of this old school mentality of things need to look like this and be like this in order for things to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I feel feel like you know a big part of um our evolution in general and even your own personal evolution it's like once you started owning your truth like you just said I stopped started really checking in with myself it was all external I need to be and fit this mold of what it's supposed to be to be trans and really truly be a good transition and you stopped doing that and then all of a sudden your third eye started opening up more and all of a sudden you started getting more in touch with your body and yeah. your gifts and that more led you joy. yeah and that <laughs> led you all the way to the amazon which you did you spent about almost 6 months doing different ceremonies mm-hmm. with sacred medicine i know mm-hmm. that was super transformational for you how was oh, yeah. how was that Oh, it was awesome. Well, I think we, oh, skip the part about the love, my the love oh, of my yeah. life. The love of your life. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I met uh, at, at the yoga school, and then um, we fell in love. And I told her I was trans like the third day, and then basically we've been together ever since. <laughs> you heard the story about I was looking for this person when I was seventeen, writing, and then this person manifested yeah. <laughs> into 
this reality, you know, after I was following my heart and doing the things that basically were just, the gifts kept, kept coming, kept coming. Yeah, so uh, we, after India, we went to the States for a while, and then Norway, and then we went to the Amazon. We were living in tree houses. Um, no electricity, no Wi-Fi, nothing. Uh, although, there was no connection. I say that the connection was just even more. Yeah. Because just to be surrounded with such biodiversity and such wildness and such just ox pure oxygen and green it was amazing so healing for me and i was a little bit uh, apprehensive about taking ceremony because i knew that i was going to change again yeah and even though i've i've done all these things this there's still a conscious decision that goes on are you going to go further yeah are you going to take another leap yeah. Because once you take one leap, the leaps just get bigger. Yeah. You know, and it's like the stakes get higher, if you will. Yeah. You know? So it's like, okay, I'm going to make this choice and be a conscious decision and go into the ceremony. Because, again, I said I knew things were going to change. And what changed for me is just like, it was confirmation and such a great healing took place that you haven't been crazy you haven't been you're you know the society is crazy you're not crazy mm -hmm. like how the way that people are living is insane mm -hmm. what people are doing to each other what people are doing to the planet is insane mm -hmm. and if you are an alien then that's a good thing to be because what's going on is <laughs> madness you know mm -hmm. So it was just a confirmation for me, like, it's okay to be you. And now it's time. You've done the work. You've actually done the spiritual work to step into this role that you've been, you know, basically born into. Now I can look back and I can see I have, I have been brought up in such a way and I'm, I'm half white and I'm half black. So I, I also have that duality going on within me. So it's just like, okay... I was born and raised as a white woman, and now I sit here externally looking at like a black man, you know, the complete and total opposite spectrum. So it's just like uh, I'm realizing all these things that I've gone through, and it's just like, okay, I've been so fortunate and so privileged enough to move throughout the world that I need to give back. I want to give back. I want to start speaking. I want to use my voice more mm -hmm. not just my voice for singing I want to use my voice for speaking mm -hmm. and that time for with the elixir was one of the first and only times that I've said oh this is what this song is about I'm gonna just tell people like I'm not imagining this thing it's happening, it's happening. yeah like, I was always a daydreamer when I was a kid and then magic happens when it manifests in, in real life and it's just like whoa it's mind-blowing it's like the power the of power. manifestation the power of all these you know the divine creator and you when you're moving in alignment with your purpose it's mm. magical mm. Ooh, i just got fear bumps on that one <laughs> truly i love that you say that because i think i think that so many people are afraid so many people are afraid to own their truth mm -hmm. because it's scary yeah. because it's the road less traveled right Absolutely. it's like well there's not safety there and mm -hmm. we're born into a society where scarcity keeps us safe 
and it also keeps us trapped. Yeah, it keeps us down. It keeps us down. And I think even in our food, you know, like even the food that we eat, and I'm mm. sure you notice this in the jungle Absolutely. with the purier diet, it's like what we put into our bodies literally numbs us. The amount of shit that they sell mm-hmm. in the grocery stores, it's like majority of that keeps us at a lower level of consciousness because we're not tuned in, we're not tapped in. I mean, even now we were talking earlier, I think, about... Um, medicine and about how like medicine and you have something wrong with you and then you go and get some sort of medicine which just continues to numb it mm-hmm. and so it's like your body's trying to talk to you yeah and I think that you know following your purpose like the the fact of manifestation I talk about that all the time and you're absolutely right it's like can you get quiet enough in your mind to listen to the spirit and from that space begin to de- design your divine life Mm -hmm. from a place of an inner knowing because it's coming through you it's not just you it's not the ego you it's like I'm quiet enough to listen to this channel or to this spirit or to this and I can let go and be guided and Mm -hmm. you've been guided I mean it sounds like from your experience it's like the moment that you just finally started listening to that Mm -hmm. one thing after another came to you and you've just been handed one opportunity you've had a it's been a crazy couple of years for you. Yeah. I mean, so him and his wife, like, they, they can't live in the same because of visas and um, immigration laws and stuff. Even though they're married, they can't live in America fully and they can't live in Norway fully. Mm. And so they've been kind of going back and forth from different places. And, yeah. and that and that alone has been an incredible journey, yeah. a growth journey. And yeah, and we're making it work. And, you know, I mean, we could be together. It's possible, but... We just don't want to be apart from each other for uh, maybe even two years. And like, the, no, that's not, we find another way. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, it's not one choice or the other. Yeah. No, the brain makes only two choices or the world makes seem like you only have two Black choices. Yeah. But you actually have a whole vast sea of choices. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no, we're going to go this way. And you, you know? have to have scarcity in order to do that. You yeah. know, like so many people I know, and I'm sure it's the same for you, they look at me and they look at the life that I'm living like, oh my gosh, Amanda, like you've traveled all over the world and you, you come here and you go to this thing and it's like, yeah, but you can do that too. Exactly. And that was something that we were just talking about before we actually like sat down and started recording was like, just really inspiring people that like you can do it too mm-hmm. right that reg- like wanting to inspire anyone no matter where it is you're at no matter what story you have going on in your mind no matter whether it's about your job about your relationship about your gender about whatever you are the creator mm-hmm. and by inspiring by living your truth and living your 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 passion and truly speaking about your all the transformation that you've had and all of the manifestation that you've had you have this amazing ability to show others that like hey I'm no different than you mm-hmm. and you you are you know you've really gone down the path of working with energy and working with your um, clairvoyance right and mm-hmm. your Reiki and being stepping into this this role of holding healing space for yeah. people mm-hmm. and ultimately the, the true and I do air quotes here healer knows that all they're doing is opening up their channel exactly. so that the other person can be ready to receive their gifts too mm-hmm. and that was something that you shared it's like look I know that every single person has the ability to tap into their own unique divinity right their own uh, God goddess their own healing powers right mm-hmm. we're all none of us we're all gifted the same thing it's just about how do we choose to, to step into that and to own that and 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 to be receptive to the messages that the universe is 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 teaching us or telling us or guiding us mm-hmm. 
It's, it was really nice. I just got a really nice uh, vision when you were talking. It's, it's kind of, a me we can use the metaphor as, you know, we've all kind of grown out of this child phase. Mm -hmm. Society makes you lose that connection to the, you know, because when you're young, you're really close to the divine. That energy is just so pure within children. You can see it, how they're just so imaginative and they're just so lighthearted. And it's like, we're over here, now we're grown children, if you will. We're just playing, you know? Like, you guys can play too. Everybody can play. Yes. <laughs> you know, all you have to do is play. Yeah, I believe. <laughs> all you have to do is take that step and move into that edge. Like, what is it that you really want and what is it that's holding you back? Mm -hmm. And if you can identify those two things and begin to understand that ultimately it's always going to be the same answer. The only thing holding you back is you. Mm -hmm. Right from embodying your truth, the only thing holding you back is you. Yeah. When you can stop playing victim mindset, when you can stop blaming and pointing all of the reasons for why you don't have the body you want, you don't have the life you want, you don't have the love you want, you don't have whatever it is. When you can stop being envious of other people and start being inspired by other people, mm -hmm. and then start to get curious about like, okay, like we're all made of the same stuff. We're all made of star stuff. Right? Yeah. It's like ultimately at the end of the day, we all have the same ability. It's mm -hmm. our mindset and our desire. I feel like desire is like the seed of manifestation. Without desire, there will be nothing to manifest because there's no there's no juice right, yeah. to bring it forward. Mm. And I and I love that that idea of play. You know, it's like yeah. we're just playing. Yeah. What we were taught not to play at a certain point, you mm -hmm. know. How can we continue to play with the magic of life that is always being given to us, whether or not we're open and receptive to receiving? Mm. So powerful. Yeah. And it's so, it's like at that point we're we're playing, but we're also being taught these social roles, which have just been, they're so deep, you know, mm. those things are so deep. But it's like, if you can tap into that deepness, then you can also tap into that play because it's, they're, they're holding hands like this, yeah. you know, and then you can kind of just let go of the one that doesn't serve you and, and start to ride that train. Yeah. You know, it's easier said than done. And totally. I'm still, I'm sure that I'm going to be tested because I'm saying this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now, now that I'm saying this, <laughs> something else is going to happen. Sure. And, and, and you too. and I will just hold each other accountable <laughs> and be like, remember what we know. Let's stay grounded. Like you did for me yesterday. Even I was like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. And you're like, come, sit on the bed. Just, just sit, you know. Yeah. But that's the thing. When you're on the path and when you're on purpose and when you're living your truth, mm -hmm. you truly do have all of these amazing human beings who come into your life at the perfect time. Mm. And it's like life is truly guiding you every step of the way. Can we just continue to get out of our own way? And, and for those of you who are listening to this podcast now, I don't think it's a coincidence, right? It's not a coincidence that you chose to tune around. It's not a coincidence that you're still listening at almost 50 minutes in. There's messages here for you. Yes. You know, there are people here who are... Um, coming into your vortex or your stream of consciousness who are helping guide you to find your own inner truth mm -hmm. who are who are standing up and speaking about their journeys of finding their own inner truth and the challenges and yet the amazing incredible bliss that has been brought because of the challenges because mm -hmm. they were embraced mm -hmm. and so I think that you know Jordan you're incredibly inspiring mm -hmm. you've you've undergone a lot a lot more than a lot of people who will come complain about why they don't have what they want and I think that it's really powerful to just really realize that no matter who you are no matter where you are 
you can always overcome whatever obstacles are set before you. Mm. It's just about choosing to, to listen to your own truth mm-hmm. and choosing to make the steps necessary in order to embody that in the way that will actually serve you. And, and also, it's not just serving you. Like you stepping in and owning your truth and talking about it. Yeah. Now you're helping other people tap in and, and find their own energy currents and their divinity and own their truth. I mean, Absolutely. the work that we do as individuals, the self-work, I feel like is the most important work. Mm-hmm. And You're working on behalf of your ancestors. You're working on behalf of your your coworkers, you know, your family. It's like you're the collective the, consciousness. The collective consciousness. You're just, you know, stepping up the ladder and then looking back and see, here, just step up a couple stairs and we'll go together. We can go together. You know? Yeah. Yoga, union. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, we're all one. So it's just different expressions of the same thing. Yeah. But we're just all trying to be together. Try, yeah. And go up. We're all trying to get back to where we were when we were all together, but we've separated, and now it's like, how do we find each other? It's like we're in the dark trying to find each other, you know? Like, but, but we're waking up. The light is coming. And, yeah, it's um, such a beautiful thing. Such a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. Do you have, I'm curious, do you have a, a website or something? If people uh, I don't have a website right now, okay. um, but um, if you're interested, um, you can find... Facebook, uh, Facebook yeah, Jordan Hope Miller, mm-hmm. and you can also Google Jordan Hope Miller, uh, Beloved, I have an album, so my music is also, um, I would say it's cryptic medicine music, because <laughs> it's in there, but I'm just trying to stream it in there, so it's it's still kind of something to, to figure out, <laughs> because mm. <laughs> that's just how I, I, I like to express myself, but... Um, you can find me on Spotify, iTunes, Jordan Hope Miller, Beloved, and yeah. Instagram too. Yeah. Instagram. My Instagram is Jordan Hope Miller. You can follow my journey. Um, I've also been working on a documentary uh, filming, which I don't know when it's going to be finished, but it's going to be finished, and I'm okay with just kind of watching it unfold and. Shanti Shanti. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just filming more, more. Uh, footage for the, the film so yeah you can find me there awesome well Jordan I feel incredibly blessed to be able to host this interview with you and to be able to meet you and to see you on your journey and I'm going to meet you guys when you are just beginning and to see how far you've come mm-hmm. both individually and together um, it's been beautiful so thank you for taking the time and sharing your truth with me and with the world <laughs> so that we can all begin to embody our own truths and feel mm-hmm. brave enough to do that too yeah be brave. Be brave, you. <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening, and um, we look forward to connecting with you later on in the week. Adios. Ciao. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode on Driven for Purpose. I cannot tell you how much your support means. If you found this content helpful in any way, shape, or form, I would love it if you share this with your friends and family. If you haven't yet already done so, please go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your reviews help us rank higher, which means more people can get inspired by this content. And together, we can support one another to continue on our journey towards our highest and best selves. I'll catch you next week.